0: Welcome to the P. Vine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. If you have your Bibles,
1: Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, um, for the last two weeks I've been dealing with this one verse, and so today I want to preach on this. Last week I called it the plan, this week I'm going to call it the plan B, it's not really plan B, it's just the second sermon I'm going to preach out of Galatians 2.20, but let's talk about the plan part B. We know how to get started in the Christian life. We learned that last week that we have to be crucified with Christ, that we cannot Live the Christian life until we die on the cross, till we die in Christ. But once dead to self, how do we go about living for Jesus? How would uh, Jesus have us live? What? How do we go about living the life Jesus would have us live here on earth? Well, the truth is, you can do it, but we all have to have a special enablement and power. Now, I don't know if you watched the rocket launch yesterday. That's the new modern version of my generation's space shuttle. And I don't, I don't really know how the Dragon engine works, and so I'm going I'm to go back to the space shuttle. That when this space shuttle lifts off the one we used to fly, that the whole thing weighs about 2,200 tons, over 4 million pounds. Now, these two solid rocket boosters you see firing off right now, they carry the entire weight of the fuel tank, and each one of those weighs about 650 tons apiece filled with fuel. And the solid rocket boosters take the uh, uh, space shuttle to an altitude of about 28 miles into the sky in about two minutes before they burn out. And then they fall back to the ground, three parachutes come out of the back of them, and they land safely in the ocean where we would recover them. Here's the interesting thing about those solid rocket rocket boosters you see firing right now. They provide approximately 72% of the thrust at liftoff. While all the other three main engines combined provide about 28% of the thrust. All in all, the power of a space shuttle at takeoff is about 12 gigawatts or 12 billion watts of power being taken off. And for any of you car guys out there, I can put it in terms of horsepower. The the space shuttle takes off at about 16 million horsepower. Try to do that in your garage. 16 million. The funny thing is, once the space shuttle, even the... The rocket we saw launch yesterday, once it gets into space, it requires very little power. So, so little power. It takes great power to get it launched, but then it moves to a place where the movement becomes easy. It takes great power to get it started, but after it started, the movement becomes easy. Now, the Christian life is somewhat designed to be that way. It takes great power to get it started. That was done on the cross. But after all of that takes place, after we've died to self, and then we're living out Galatians 2.20, we have all of the power within us to live the Christian life. We just have to let it happen. So I want to help you do that today. Jesus gives us the boost off we need And I want to help you realize that the power to live for Christ is on the inside of you and you can be the Christian you ought to be. But know this, we are not to live the Christian life in our own power because our own power will help us. And that's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2. Here's what he said. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That was last week's sermon. But... Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The rest of that verse naturally breaks down into three parts, but Christ lives in me, and then the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, part two. Part three, who loved me and gave himself for me. We learned last week we've been crucified with Christ. If you didn't catch that sermon, watch it. Uh, We are dead to sin is what we learned out. We're dead to the debt of sin. We're dead to the demand of sin. We're dead to the dominion of sin. We have been crucified with Christ. And so what happens is uh, in the beginning of Galatians 2 verse 20, we have taken care of the old man. He is dead and gone, but... How do we move on in the new man? And so what Paul does in this one verse beautifully is he kind of wipes out the old man. Now, we're still having to live with him, but he's he's, uh, theoretically gone in our lives. Well, how do we move on with the new man? How do we move on in the Christian life? And there's three things I want to tell you that he tried to tell us. Number one is this. There is the who of the Christian life. I no longer live, but here it is. Christ lives in me. We just learned last week that we were were killed on the cross. We were crucified with Jesus. So if my life has died, how do I live it out? Here's what Paul said. It is Christ who lives in us. Paul said that it is the life of Christ living in us. Now hold on, that means when we get saved, that Christ takes up residence inside us, in us, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, And it's the Holy Spirit within us and through us with his power that's supposed to live the Christian life. See, the key to the Christian life is is not me living in my own power. The key to the Christian life is is me letting the Holy Spirit live the Christian life through me. Now, if you don't ever get this, this is foundational to the Christian life. If you don't ever understand it, which is why I said over the last couple weeks, I'm just trying to get you to a place of understanding. That's all I'm trying to do is if you don't understand how the Christian life works, you're always going to go about it wrong. It's not your own strength. It's not your own know-how. It's not your own wit that gets you through the Christian life. See, here's the thing. I don't get saved And that be all about Jesus, because we know it's all about Jesus, right? Say amen at home right there. It's all about Jesus. But then he forced me to live it on my own. See, we kind of think this, that, but you're right, preacher, I couldn't save me, Jesus had to save me, but now I got to live it. No, Paul says that's not the way it works, is that, yes, getting saved is all about Christ, but get this, living for Jesus is still all about Christ. He saves me, it's nothing of me. Then he empowers me get this, and that's nothing of me either. All I do is provide the vehicle for him to work through. All I do is provide the vehicle for him to work through. I saw this story this month, uh, three, it just happened a couple weeks ago. Three young Bolivian boys were hospitalized when they were bitten by a black widow spider while tending goats in their Bolivian village. And the reason they were bitten by a black widow spider was not an accident. They came across it and they believed that a bite by the spider would give them powers like the comic book hero Spider-Man. And so the boys aged 12, 10, and 8 poked the black widow with a stick Until it finally bit all three of them. Because one of brother didn't want the other one to be Spider-Man if the other two weren't going to be Spider-Man too. Within minutes, they started feeling the effects of being bitten by a poisonous spider. They found their mother. She immediately took them to the hospital. They were transferred to two different hospitals and they finally recovered a week later. All because they thought the way to be Spider-Man was to have a Black Widow spider bite them. Completely ignoring the fact that it had to be a radioactive Black Widow spider to bite them. They wanted the spider to live through them. And can I tell you, it's the same way in the Christian life, minus the superhero gimmicks, that we want Christ to live through us. That way he provides his power through us. We want Christ to live through us, and it's not a fairy tale, it's not a comic book. That needs to be a a wow moment in the Christian life, because the, the who of the Christian life is not you, it's not me. The who of the Christian life is him. That means we have to quit doing the best we can, but figure out how do we let the power of Christ live through me? It is the resurrection power of Christ that lives through me. It's the great, uh, can I say, secret of the Christian life. Can I tell you this? That means you, you, you on your own do not have the power to be a good witness. That you on your own do not have the power to live a holy life, to be faithful, to stay with God in prayer, to read your Bible, to stand for Christ, to, to teach in a church or to work in a church. You say, I cannot do that. And listen, I agree totally, you cannot do that. But the power of Christ through you, and you can do anything, anything he's called you to do. Through Jesus, you have the power because it's no longer, I no longer live. I don't, but Christ lives in me. So next time you think, well, I I can't do that in the Christian life, you're not really saying you can't do it. You're saying Christ can't do it. And so I'd encourage you, just substitute his name for I. Well, 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 preacher, I, I can't witness Say, Christ can't witness. You say, oh, that, that's silly. Of course he can. Right, of course he can. Well, well preacher, I, I just can't get faithful to church. Tell me tell me, Jesus can't do that. Well, preacher, I can't work in the church. Tell me Jesus can't do that. Well, well preacher, I can't tithe. Tell me Jesus wouldn't tithe. Well, well preacher, I can't no, love that person. Tell me Jesus wouldn't love that person. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on, but you get it. The who the Christian life is, not you, it's not me, it's him. It's not I. But Christ lives in me. And can I tell you, when you realize that, you realize the Christian life is possible, not based on what you can do, but based on what he will do through you. That leads me to number two, and that is the, the how of the Christian life. This life I live in the body, I live by faith of the Son and the Son of God. How do we realize the power that's within us? How do we activate it? How do we, how do we uh, flip the switch? Is it by talking to Jesus throughout the day? And is it by, is there some kind of Galatians 2.20 secret handshake we got to go through? Is it something in the Greek I need to learn? No, 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 no. Here it is. Here's what Paul said. The Christian life is activated through faith, through faith. So the Christian life is started in faith, faith in Jesus to save you. And the Christian life is carried out through faith. How do I activate that power of Christ to work through me? It's always through faith. Just like we got saved through faith, now we operate through faith. Can I put it this way? Faith is the secret handshake of the Christian life. So let me get practical for a minute. That means when you are are in a right relationship with God and you go to witness, when you go to witness to invite somebody to church, to invite somebody to watch, to invite them to be here, to tell them about Jesus, when you go to witness by faith, you believe the power of God will be a witness through you. When that regular old temptation pops up in front of you that you, you always give in to by faith, you believe you can resist because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When you're getting up in the morning deciding if you're going to live for Jesus by, or not, by faith you trust God to empower you to live for him today. By faith, you fulfill your call, believing that you can do it because faithful is he that calleth. By faith, you can give your tithe. By faith, you can give an offering, believing he's promised to meet your needs. By faith, you can live a holy life because believing his promises that the blessed life is the, uh, the holy life is the blessed life. By faith, you can forgive that person that you cannot forgive. Because I believe that I'll be forgiven as I forgive others. Everything I do throughout the day is an operation of faith in Jesus. Now, I'm able to live for him by faith. If if I'm able to live for him by faith, I have to uh, believe that he will accomplish through me by his will, his power, his might, his presence what he wants me to do. My faith is not in my ability. My faith is in his. I know you're thinking, well, preacher, that's, that's awful rudimentary. That's awful. It's exactly right. God did not design the Christian life either in salvation or in the process of living it out. God did not design the Christian life to be complicated. He designed it to be simple. And here's the simplicity of the Christian life. Here's what he says. That Listen, Christian life is hard for you. You're going about it the wrong way. Put your faith in Jesus and do what he said do. And you'll be shocked at the power of Christ that lives through you. We get it in our heads that the Christian life is too hard for us. And we make it about too many gadgets and gizmos. And when it's really all about trusting him. I don't know if you've ever heard of a Rube... Goldberg machine. It was named after an American economist named Rube, uh, a cartoonist named Rube Goldberg. Here's one of the famous uh, drawings he did. It is called the self-operating napkin. And Rube Goldberg machine became known as this. Uh, it, It was a design that was overly complicated in order to perform an unusually simple task. These machines that he would draw on paper uh, would consist of a series of unrelated tasks and devices that would eventually get you to the desired end. So all of this is a machine that works, apparently, in order to wipe your mouth with a napkin. And so those have become famous since he developed this cartoon, these Rube Goldberg machines. People began to make real Rube Goldberg machines. And so I actually saw one this week. I want to introduce you to the Swiss machine. Popular YouTube account, Crazy, created a truly impressive Rube Goldberg machine that ultimately ends with a basket being put into a gold. The machine took over a month to build and a month to make it successfully work. There you go. All all of that to get a basketball and a go. Took him a month to build it, a month to make it operate. What else are you going to do during quarantine, right? What have you done during quarantine is what I want to know. And listen, if you're struggling with the Christian life, you get the idea. It's a Rube Goldberg. Like, that's what you have to do to live for Jesus. Can I tell you, it's not that complex. Living for Jesus is much, much simpler. It is walk by faith in Jesus. The only way you can experience the victorious Christian life is to, by faith, trust that God will work through you at the appropriate moment when you desperately need God to work through you. Listen, I, 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 could, we could take our Bibles and go through all kinds of examples, but how about when Peter walked on water in the New Testament, right? Like God did not say, well, Peter, here's the 14 things you've got to do. If you want to walk on water, then I want you to do this and I want you to pray. And no, Peter, Jesus said, all right, come on, come on. And at that moment, Peter had a crisis of faith. Do I believe... That Jesus loves me enough to work through me to allow me to walk on the water or am I going to overthink it? I mean, Peter had been like most of us, we'd have been like, all right, Jesus, I'm about to do it. But now tell me how this is going to work exactly. You're going to bring fish up for me to step on. Is a rock going to grow? Is the water going to turn into ice? Just tell me how it's going to work. You know what Jesus would have said then? Well, that's not by faith. See, you say, well, I know I ought to witness this guy at work, but I don't know how it's going to go. Jesus, they could get mad at me. No, no, Jesus, just, just do it and trust me to work through you. I mean, we go on and on. The widow of Zarephath in the Old Testament. How about David and Goliath? How about David and Goliath? Saul was like, now, David, let me, I don't know if you know or not, Goliath is really big. So here's my armor, here's my sword. And if you, let me give you some, a few sword lessons. And they were like, no, I, got, I don't need sword lessons. What are you going to do, David? Throw a rock at him. So let me reiterate, David, he's, he's about 10 feet tall. He weighs about 500 pounds. He's really strong. He's got all kinds of weapons. Let me tell you, I do, no, I don't need a sword. I'm going to throw a rock at him. Well, how do you think, David, a rock is going to kill Goliath? have no idea. I'm just going to throw it and see what God does with it. And that's the simplicity of activating your life in Christ. You live your life by faith. Paul Paul told us that over and over in the New Testament. Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That is how the Christian life is designed. So here is your assignment today. Today, walk by faith. Tomorrow, walk by faith. The next day, walk by faith. And when God has called you to do something or God tells you to do something or God's asking you to be obedient, just do it. And by faith, believe God will work through you. It's the how of the Christian life. Number three, there's the why of the Christian life, and I'm done. Why would God do that for us? Because Paul reminds us that the same God who loved us so much, he died for us on the cross. That same love that drove him to the cross is the same love that drives him to enable us to succeed for him. Jesus loves to empower you, to serve him, and to live for him. You know, that reason as much as any is why he gave his life on Calvary. He didn't just give his life to save me. He gave himself for me so that he could live through me as well. The Lord gave me his life and death. He died for me. But he gave me his life to live through me. And he loves me enough to live in my place. Titus Titus 2 says this, who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He, see, Paul tells us uh, Titus that he didn't just give himself for us so we could be saved. That's part of it. But he also gave himself for us so that we could be a people, zealous of good works, so that he could live through us. You're saved because he loves you. And you live for Jesus because he loves you. When he saw me at my worst, he gave me his best. His life and his death. I'm finished. This story happened a few years ago. A girl named Kimberly Smith was driving on Highway 114 in Irving, Texas, when another vehicle cut in front of her, forcing her off the road to swerve, and her car flipped three times before it landed on its roof, roof in the condition you see there. She lay inside the car, stunned. Actually, motorists kept driving by, would not help her. Uh, it was reported that cars were driving by taking pictures but would not stop to help her. Finally, uh, one man came up on the scene and he, she was upside down in the car and he, he walks over there and he found her purse that had been thrown from her car. And he walked over and he laid her purse down in front of her and gave it to her, but he then walked off and left her pinned in the car. And she was crying for help. She was screaming for help. Hey, get help. Help get me out. Call 911. He said, I'll be right back. The good Samaritan, as he was called, drove off and never helped her out of the car. Eventually, police were called, 911. People helped her out. While she's talking to the policeman, she's sitting in the ambulance. She's talking to the policeman. He said, can I see some identification? And she reached into her purse that the good Samaritan had given her. And she went to take out her wallet. And she discovered. The Good Samaritan, while she was hanging upside down in a severely damaged car, had taken her wallet and given her an empty purse. Police eventually caught him at at a motel that he had paid for with the credit card out of Kimberly's purse. When she was at Her worst, he took advantage of her. And i tell you that story to point out. That's exactly the opposite. That sounds like our enemy, but that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus did for you. When you were at your worst, when I was at my worst, when I was lost without Christ and on my way to hell, he died for me and rose again so he could live through me, empower me, Give me his power so I didn't have to try to generate the power and told me this. Hey, all you got to do is trust me. Trust me. And he does it because he loves you. I know you're thinking, well, how do I do all that, preacher? How do I do it? Let me give you three quick tips about how to do all that. These are not earth-shattering, but let me tell you how to do it. Number one, how do you live by faith? Number one is this. To live by faith, you have to live in faith. To live by faith, you have to live in faith. Here's what I mean by that. You have to have a daily walk with the Lord. You need to be in the word. You need to be in prayer. Because I'm going to tell you, when you're at that faith crisis in your life, if you have not been living in faith, you will not be able to live by faith. So walk with Jesus day by day. And as you do that, he builds your faith. Number two, you want to live by faith? To get big faith, start with small faith. Like I'm not saying... You need to walk on water today. I'm not saying that. But you're never going to walk on water. You're never going to do the big things until you even trust God for the little things. How about just believing God that when you invite that person to church or you invite that person to watch online, that God's just going to do his work through you. don't care what they say. You're just going to believe that God's going to do the work through How about believing that you can avoid that temptation today, that that thing that's holding you back, that thing that's holding you down. How about getting up today and just trusting God with that small thing like, God, I believe you'll give me victory at that moment. How about, how about when it comes to giving, tithing, offerings? That's small faith, man. How about just saying, God, I believe that if I give, you're going to supply my needs, so I'm going to give and just trust you. That's small faith. If you want to get big faith, start with small faith. Number three, tackle something that seems too hard and put it in the hands of Jesus. You you, you want to live by faith? You take something in your life that you know you need to overcome, you know you need to be better at, you know God's called you to do, you know God's called you to serve and do this. Just tackle it, put it in the hands of Jesus. You say, What if I fail? Eh. God's called you to do it, you won't fail you won't fail. If you're a Christian, I want you to hold on for just a moment. But if you're here and you're not a Christian, let me tell you this, the place you start in faith is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you. See, that's why you have to start off in faith because after salvation is lived out by faith. And if you don't start in faith, you're not going to stay in faith. So how do you trust Jesus? Well, the first thing you do is admit that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself, that like you have no power to save yourself. It all has to come from him. B, you've got to believe that Christ died on the cross for your sin and rose again the third day, the gospel. And C, you've got to confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you may be watching now. It's the first time you've ever heard that. or Maybe just now God prompted your heart. Maybe you've been thinking you need to turn mm-hmm. over a new leaf or do better or try something or be a give. Be, no, none of that. It's about you putting your faith in Jesus. And if you'd like to do that right now, I want you to pray with me. Wherever you are, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And you don't need me to pray, but I want to help you pray. If you don't know how, you can pray a prayer, something like this. The intent of your heart is to put your faith in Jesus. Pray this, dear Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But I know that Christ died on the cross and rose again so he could save me. So just now, I repent of my sin and put my faith in Jesus alone. And God, I ask you to save me, forgive me of my sin, and to give me a home in heaven. Hey, look this way. If you just prayed that prayer, you are saved. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your phone and text the word I did to the number 97000. I did... 97,000. So, where a phone number normally goes, just type in 97,000. 97,000. And text the word, we usually put a text, put I did, no spaces, I did. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you a booklet that tells you the next steps to take in the Christian life. The step you took today, it'll explain it, and then we'll give you the next steps, and that'll help you get started in the Christian life. So would you just, if you'll just text I did to 97,000, that'll start the process. And listen, we're having people do that almost every week. We've had so many people who've done that during this time, 13 Sundays of shutdown, online only. We've had people nearly every week text in and glorious stories we're hearing about. Today, your story could be the story. I did to 97,000. Let me say if you're a Christian, I know you're here today and you're probably thinking, well, how do I build my faith? That's one of the most important questions of the Christian life. And here's what I want you to do. If you go to pvine.org slash plan B, that'll only be up for a few days, pvine.org slash plan B. I'm going to give you a two and a half minute video that tells you how to build your faith. The number one faith building tool I know. pvine.org slash plan B. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget Wednesday nights as well. And don't forget June 14th, we're meeting again, fill out that survey. And I can't wait till we're back together to worship together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. What a glorious, glorious day that will be Keep praying 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m. P. Vine, I can't wait to see you. Let me pray as we close. We're going to sing. Got a video, but hang with us for another few minutes. Father, we love you and thank you for the fact that the Christian life is not about my strength, my power, my know-how, my wit, what I can do. The Christian life is all about Jesus living through me. And so, Lord, my prayer is today that whoever's listening and watching, who's struggling with the Christian life, help them to get the truth and that reality down that it's not about them. It's all about him. Help us to live out the Christian life the way you've called us to do it, to live by faith. Thank you for those who were saved this morning. I pray that more would be multiply the power of the gospel as it goes out. By faith we believe. You'll save people today and every Sunday to come. May it be so. There'll be people who watch this on our Monday Night Rewind. Lord, let them be saved on Monday night as well. You do the work that only you can do, and we put our faith and trust wholly in you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.